Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Six minutes after nine on News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. I'm Sean. It's the first show of the new year. The very first show of the new year. <laughs> Get it? Phone lines are open 210-599-5555. Well, nothing's changed from last week to this week. Uh, Everything still kind of sucks. and uh, So we'll talk about the sucking of it uh, a little later on as we go through the program. One thing that's kind of interesting is uh, watching uh, how they're trying to cover this business uh, of uh, this Epstein list. Uh, we have a, a list of, uh, uh, clients, people who flew on the plane, alleged, alleged victims, uh, of the grooming, uh, by Ghislaine Mask, uh, Maxwell and, and Jeffrey Epstein. And this all takes place, it's going to be released and they're expected to have a few names on there. You might know like Prince Andrew and president, former president and rolling sex crime, Bill Clinton who apparently rode on this damn plane over 50 times. In fact, you've seen pictures of Bill Clinton on this plane, I believe, with like a, a, a young lady who is more than likely not 18 years of age, sitting on his lap or rubbing on his back. Uh, and uh, the, the, the unsealing was to begin uh, yesterday. Um, there's, uh, the the judge, uh, looking over this thing back in December said there's no reason, there's no legal justification for withholding the names on this list, on these records. And there's over 175 folks on this list. This list, this information is being unsealed as the result of of a lawsuit by a victim of, uh, Epstein and Maxwell who claimed she was groomed and was prostituted out, essentially, by these folks. And uh, I guess her lawyers have called for the unsealing of these records uh, so that all the names can be seen, and that's going to happen. And Bill Clinton uh, apparently is on this list, and he was he, he's recorded as having ridden on this plane over 50 times. I, You know, is anything going to happen? No. I, first off, you know, Bill Clinton is a weird... His, his place in American history and his place in American culture uh, over the past however many decades uh, is such a strange phenomenon. Bill Clinton is what every good feminist should despise. He has been treating women like objects his entire stinking adult life. He has been accused of rape. Uh, he's been accused of multiple... Interactions with women who he was not married to, <laughs> doing inappropriate things, and apparently he's ridden on Jeffrey Epstein's airplane, the Lolita Express, over 50 times. I think, you know, really what's at play here is you you more than likely have a multinational group of freaking pedophiles who live at the top end of society, whatever society you're talking about. I think in this country it's predominantly D.C. and Hollywood. D.C. and Hollywood, the swamp uh, and Hollywood, which interact with each other like a unit, 
because there's a lot of big donor dollars that flow out of Hollywood into D.C. And I think if you really knew how those people live, how people in this culture who, in a sense, can live, at least in their minds, above the law, do whatever the hell they want to do, they got all the money in the world to buy whatever they want to buy, go wherever they want to go, satisfy every whim and every bit of sickness. I think if you really knew how the folks that bring us our movies and TV and entertainment and the people who craft law that the rest of us have to live under, if you really knew how freaking awful and sick those people lived, it would curl your toes. I think Bill Clinton is... uh, you know, just uh, another in a crowd of weirdos who have all the power and all the money in the world, and they do whatever they want, and nothing ever happens to them. But I think with the Donald Trump legal battles uh, that we're that we're seeing uh, unfold before our very eyes, and we talked about this in Where and Rhyme, I think more and more people are waking up. Hey, man, wait a minute! Seems to be two worlds we're living in here, two sets of laws. One for the protected class and a whole another bunch of laws for the little people. And that's what's weird about Donald Trump. He is the fly in the ointment. He's little people. doesn't matter how rich and famous and influential he is and was prior to becoming president of the United States. He ain't one of them. He could party with them as long as he gave money. But once he made his way into their world and took over the joint, uh, oh, they hate his stinking guts. So Donald Trump, and I believe Donald Trump actually, in all fairness, uh, rode on this plane at least once or twice. Uh, but, you know, the, 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 the swamp that, that I'm, you know, describing here extends around the world. And again, these are extraordinarily well protected and isolated or insulated, insulated people. So it'll be interesting to see who's on this. On this list, over 175 individuals on this list. Bill Clinton is one of them. Uh, and, and at least uh, we'll have some aspect of this darkness drug out into the light. But is anything going to happen? I doubt it. I doubt it. Look at where we are right now. We're, we're living in the great banana republic of the United States of America. The, 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 the same people who would be responsible and whose job it would be to root through the Epstein organization and find all of the people within the jurisdiction of American uh, uh, law enforcers uh, to go after anybody they could for pedophilia, for having sex with minors and paying money for it, uh, to Jeffrey Epstein, uh, you know, if they were really doing their jobs, they'd be they'd want to destroy this thing and take it down. But that's not our reality. <laughs> our reality, unfortunately, right now is that people who would be on that plane, people who would have the money and the power to accept uh, the services offered by a guy like Jeffrey Epstein. Well, they've weaponized, they've managed to weaponize almost every agency of the government against a private citizen, that being Donald Trump. And they've gone other after other uh, private citizens they find unpleasant, like moms and dads who show up to these, these, uh, these school board meetings. People who are praying outside of abortion clinics. The MyPillow guy. All right? They are about the business of taking down people, 
who uh, are becoming unfortunate or annoying to the great, to the deep state, to the swamp, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, is anything going to happen to these people on this list? Is there going to be any kind of serious pursuit after these pedophiles? No. Again, look at what happened to Jeffrey Epstein himself. They got rid of him, man. He was the most, at that time, Jeffrey Epstein was the most famous inmate in any freaking cage on planet Earth. And they left the cameras off. They were taking naps. Holy crap. So, I, I, you know, I, maybe some illumination will come from the release of these names. But, you know, as far as something actually happening, I don't hold out a lot of hope. A lot of hope. What do you think? 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Uh, coming up, I'll also tell you what I did on New Year's Eve. Uh, Green Day, are they horrible people because they swapped out a line there? I was actually watching the Dick Clark. I'm old school, man. Dick Clark's been gone for a while, but I still fire up the Dick Clark uh, New Year's Eve coverage. And Green Day came out. And I thought they looked great. I thought they sounded fantastic. The drummer's looking a little old. But apparently they swapped out one lyric and it's upset people. And we'll talk about that. Also, we'll talk about what the Tennessee Beaver did. Uh, but again, I'll discuss uh, uh, <laughs> our, our thrilling New Year's Eve plans and how things went. It is the year 2024, so Happy New Year to all of y'all, all of y'all. Phone lines are open if you have any thoughts on anything I'm discussing. 210-599-5555. We'll take a break. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. The Sean Rima Show. Yeah, we're back. News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. At Green Day, I was on the, on the Dick Clark thing yesterday. They're all dudes in their early 50s now. And uh, I guess he sang Holiday from, from American Idiot, and apparently he swapped out the words Redneck Agenda with MAGA Agenda. It's Billy Joe Armstrong, man. He's a, he's a liberal weirdo. He's always been a liberal weirdo. I, I actually saw him, and I thought they looked great. I hadn't seen Green Day perform or do anything in a lot of years. I know they've been touring, but that line just zinged right by me. I didn't even pick up. I mean, pretty much, if if you're listening to American Idiot, okay, you're you're listening to a, a liberal. I mean, it's 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 liberality, man. I mean, it's a liberal. You know, it's just liberal crap. You know, for the entire record, it's not a bad record. I don't mind the record, but it's you know. Liberals preaching the liberals. So, like, that line just kind of zinged by me. I didn't give a crap. I was just kind of, I, honestly, my reaction was, wow, they look good. They sound good. Dude's in the early 50s, still doing it. This was actually the first New Year's where decidedly I didn't drink. You know, I don't think I had any drinks last year. I'm not sure. I can't remember. I, was, I know I was in the bathroom last year when midnight rolled around, so I missed it. The year before that, I was in the hospital. The year before that, I was hammered. So this was the first year, really, where decidedly, hey, no drinking. You know what I ended up doing is I ended up swapping out eating for boozing. I ate so much freaking food. Because that's what we did. We didn't, we didn't go anywhere. We had a few people over to the house, not many. A couple of extra uh, folks at the house for New Year's Eve. 
They brought a bunch of pizza and crazy bread. My wife made a bunch of jalapeno poppers. We had Buñuelos. Am I saying that correctly? We had a big old thing of Buñuelos. And we just had lots of food, man. We had like a lunch meat plate, you know, with like little meats and cheeses on it. There, there was just a lot of food. And so with eating, I became, I became like the drunk in the room, only it was just with food. Like I handled eating the way I would normally handle booze. At one point, and this is, you know, normally, James, and like other years and Don, I'd be like, you know, in the kitchen doing shots. Hey, come on, let's do a shot. This time, I'm standing in the kitchen just dipping Buñuelos into an open tub of Cool Whip. Just one right after the other, man. I love Cool Whip, man. I'm Buñuelos. <laughs> I, and I just kept eating and eating and eating. So, like, my, my, like, you know, the apex of my behavior was, you know, a little after midnight. I'm in the kitchen going, hey, let's do some ice cream and pie. Who wants ice cream and pie? Dude, I'm going to take a bowl and put some pie in the bottom, heat it up, and then put some cake on top of that with some ice cream. I'm going to drizzle some Hershey syrup over it, and I'm going to eat it, man. Who's with me? So man, you've reached a whole new level of decadence, haven't you? Very aggressive, too, wow. Don. I was. Yeah. Come on, let's eat some food. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up with like a carbohydrate, you know, hangover the next day. Right, you were hungover either way. I was hungover from eating, dude. Yeah. I couldn't eat anything. You ever like, eat so much? Have either of you ever eaten so much where when you finally, you can, the only thing you can do is lay down and you're yeah. like a beached pilot whale? Struggling. You know what I mean? Struggling yep. to breathe. Struggling to breathe. <laughs> I can't move. That's how much freaking food I ate, man. With food coma. I just binged out on the food instead of the booze. And I think I probably shoved myself over the line into full-blown diabetes. I mean, we'll see. I was pre-diabetic on New Year's Eve. We'll see what I am now. Yeah. I just kept eating those Buñuelos, man, and dipping them in whipped cream. That's why I meant to call James at midnight, and I didn't because I was too busy stuffing my face, dude. I was asleep, man. Did you make it to midnight? Nope. <laughs> did not make it to midnight. No, I don't feel bad I. about not calling you now. You, did, you, you either, Don? You didn't no. make it to midnight? No, I think I hung in there till about 10. That was it. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. wow. Well, 10 here, it was midnight, you know, where, where you are, but it was right. 10 for me. So, right. Um, you know, once that rolled around, I'm like, well, I've seen enough. <laughs> I'm, Nothing happening. Right. Let's call it a day. Well, we, we, it was, we were fortunate in that, you know, people do break the law in San Antonio. So at midnight, right. we were able to just step out into the driveway. Yeah. And again, it looked like apocalypse now. It just, just crap was going off everywhere, man. That's that's been my favorite New Year's Day tradition for ten years now. Oh, I know. Is to get up the day after New Year's and see the footage from people <laughs> on their roofs and what have you. Right. Of just this explosion of color all over the city. It looks like we're being attacked by by communists or something. I mean, it, it, it looks like the city is under siege. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I'm kind of tossed about how I should feel about it because I know it's illegal, and I know there are you know there are people veterans with PTSD, and I know that you know oftentimes pets are disturbed. Dogs go. We have to well. bring our dog Bruce in, right? But yet there's that part of me that thinks this is the funniest damn thing ever. You're not the boss of me. That's it what I. That's what it is. Up. It was just such a San Antonio thing. San Antonio <laughs> don't care, man. We're setting our stuff off. We don't care. Right? We're gonna blow stuff up all night long. And they did. Yeah, and it was loud, and it was really intense this year. 
I mean, people were shooting off like, I don't know, Japanese crap like all around us. You know I mean? Like the really high-end, you know, fireworks that are just one evolutionary rung beneath guided missile. You know I mean? The stuff that <laughs> if it were just a little more intense, you could defend a country with this crap, you know? Yeah, and they're just lighting right. it off left and right, right over the trees in my neighborhood. And it was great, man. But, you know, <laughs> that's kind of when you know it's been a rough year for, for a lot of people. Because they're, they're working off steam and, and just yeah, blowing just crap blowing up. stuff up. Let's get, to, let's get this out of here. We're done. Well, they was blowing up a lot of crap in my neighborhood, man. It was hilarious. Yeah, they were here, too. And I went inside and ate some more and was asleep by 1230. So there you go. Big party <laughs> night at the Rima house. <laughs> yeah. Rima woke up the next day with a ring of dried-up whipped cream around his mouth. I just felt like I had eaten nine bags of pure sugar when I woke up yesterday morning. I just felt like I yeah. just didn't. You ever had that sugary, I've just had too much sugar feeling? Well, that's what happens when you quit drinking. You still crave the sugar that you were getting out of the alcohol. That's right. right. So that's that. It's totally why you're eating more sweets than you did before. Well, I did on Chris on New Year's Eve, cookies, buñuelos. Yeah, At one point, I'm just me. I'm just grabbing hands of Cool Whip and just I'm, I'm slapping it into my face, man. That's hardcore. <laughs> Mainlining Cool Whip. <laughs> <laughs> I was about ready to start just, you know, doing some lines of pure cane sugar. Just cut it up in the lines. Right. Just... So, anyway, happy Did to hear. Did a whole keg of Cool Whip all by himself. Yeah. Spent yeah. the whole day yesterday in a certain part of the house. 210 <laughs> <laughs> 210-599-555. I'll just let that sit right there. Yeah, as you did. We, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Made it through the entire uh, book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to be in the bathroom, read the Bible. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSA. And we're back. News Talk five fifty KTSA FM one zero seven one. I'm Sean. Hi. Phone lines are open. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Whatever's on your brain, give us a call. I mean, the local story, and I, you know, going to talk about this just for a moment. Uh, has to do with City Councilman Mark White. He took over, uh, was elected to District Ten after Clayton Perry uh, dropped out because of his own uh, DWI, whatever you want to call it. Almost to the day a year ago, which that's. To me, that's the interesting thing about the story. Like almost to the day, one year later, we have the same a city councilman in the same district going through these issues. I guess Friday night around eleven. Uh, and I and I going into this, I don't know a lot about Mark White. I'll be honest with you. I know the basics. He's a business lawyer of some kind. I think he unsuccessfully ran as a Republican for Congress. Again, was elected to District Ten. Uh, after uh, uh, Clayton Perry left. He was pulled over about 11 p.m. Friday night, uh, I guess around 410 and 281. Uh, allegedly, he was driving around 80 miles an hour in a 65-mile-an-hour zone. There was no blinking going on, no signaling. He got pulled over, and uh, allegedly the cop smelled al- alcohol on his breath. Uh, we've posted the, K- the K- uh, KSAT story. On uh, on uh, KTSA dot com, uh, he's saying he had three drinks uh, at three different you know over the course of going to three different places. 
again, this is all alleged. We, we, you know, we don't have any confirmation on a lot of this stuff. I'm not going to go on the air and tap dance all over this guy. I didn't. I didn't do that to Clayton. I'm not going to do it to Mark White. Um, when you the problem is, you know, and I and I also don't want to get all preachy about alcohol because I don't drink anymore. I try not to do that. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Because you know what? When I was drinking, other people, you know, being all preachy about alcohol never helped me get off the booze. You know, it really didn't help, you know. I'm not going to preach about alcohol and all that stuff. All I will say is that you are, when you get on the roads at any time of day in this town, you are surrounded by people who have probably had too much to drink. And... It's a shame when somebody who is in the public eye, you know, something like this happens. Because you know what? It, it, it is, I don't want to say it's worse, or, and I'm not certainly, you know, if he was driving under the influence, you know, I'm not trying to exonerate him in that regard or anybody else. But when something like this happens and you're in the public eye, well, it's, you know, it's a thousand times worse in a sense. Uh,. Three drinks is over the limit. If you if you go out right now and you have you you have lunch somewhere, and over the course of your lunch you, you have a couple of drinks, and you get behind the behind the wheel, you may be fine to drive, but you will be over the limit. Uh, the standards, you know, the BOC uh, blood alcohol or BAC rather blood alcohol content, you know, the standard for what is over the line is is pretty low. So it doesn't take much alcohol to be in your system for you to be guilty of the crime of driving under the influence. Because there's DUI, there's DWI. D- DWI is driving while intoxicated, which means you're you're it's it's a it's a much it's it's the same crime, but. DWI means you're bombed. DUI means you've had some. Um, and and we did this with Clayton as well, that merely because this happens to somebody doesn't mean that they inherently have a problem that needs to be dealt with. Uh, because, again, most people who go out and have a few drinks and then drive home are over the limit even if you've only had two or three over the over a period of time. Uh, unfortunately, when it is somebody who is a political person, uh, you know, the knives come out and, and it becomes an opportunity for other folks to destroy somebody politically or what have you. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen here. I'm not really getting the sense uh, or the vibe that that's what's going to happen with the Mark White case. But, you know, whatever the case is, whatever it is, we wish him well. And uh, and we'll you know as we go through it we'll we'll learn more obviously. Uh, here's Aaron. Aaron, how are you? Wow, oh, happy New Year! Hey, happy New Year, man. What are you thinking? Hey, both of us, you know, former uh, beer guzzling uh, drunkards. We know if he said he had three, it was probably nine or twelve. <laughs> well, everybody says a couple, right? Ah, I just had a couple. <laughs> happy New Year! Happy New Year, man. I appreciate the call. Yeah, you know. It's usually more than what you're, t- <laughs> what you're telling people. Kent, how are you, man? What's going on? Hey, Kent. Up, Sean? Happy hey. New Year, man. Happy New Year, brother. Hey. What are you thinking? Oh, not a whole lot. Hey, did you? Can you look at the the? I sent you a text message on the radio's line. Can you look at that? 
Uh, I, I can check it. Yeah, what's 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 it about? Yeah, they, 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 what y'all were talking about the beaver in the hospital. <laughs> we had a beaver get loose in a Tennessee hospital, and you sent me a story or something about the the Tennessee beaver, didn't you? It, it's a picture. Yeah. It's a picture. Okay. So one, yeah, one one little line on her. It, it, I'll, I'll look at it. It's probably something yeah. I, I I'm assuming it's not something I could say on the radio. Oh, you could. I mean, it's clean. Well, enough. you can say anything once. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Once. I did that to you when you were in Austin. Man. I think you did. I remember, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll check it out. But, you know, I, and I appreciate the call, man. The one thing, you know, if you're an extended stay person in a hospital, life gets kind of boring. I think they had to let a beaver go every now and again in the hospital. They had a beaver get loose in the hospital in Tennessee. Cops had to come and coax it out. And uh, I don't know. There's just something inherently funny about saying uh, a Tennessee beaver got loose in the hospital. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. We'll take a break. Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. And we're back. Newstalk 550 KTSA FM 1071. The phone lines are open. Whatever's on your brain. 210-599-5555. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Yeah, pretty tame New Year's for the most part. Uh, pretty tame holiday season all the way around. And now I really don't miss the New Year's Day hangover. I've been really fortunate with this this whole thing, and I got uh, eleven months alcohol free coming up. I think on Wednesday. It's usually the third of the month. I think. And it's I've been it's it, it I've been very fortunate in that. I haven't had that moment where it's like, oh, I really could use a drink. I'm, re- I'm really fine without drinking at all. And that's why I just, but I have an obsessive personality, right? That's, you know, so I just, again, swapped drinking for eating. And I was just like a freaking Hoover vacuum, man. I was just snarfing up the food. James, didn't you fix yourself like a prime rib or something of that nature? Yeah, I, I went, how was it? I went all healthy. I had prime rib, healthy Brussels sprouts and potatoes au gratin. Oh, but it was good though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was I bet nice. it was. Got some leftover for lunch today. Rock on, man. We just had we had jalapeno poppers. My wife makes great jalapeno poppers. Pizza, lots of pizza. We had crap loads of pizza and crap loads of sweets. Just cake and pie and candy and chocolate. And so I just binged out on the food, man. I, I feel bad for my wife, though, because she, this this is always a hard time of the year for her, just for the next week or two. And I'm being serious. She's been. They start showing the Hallmark Christmas movies like in freaking August. It's it. I mean, it's twenty four. There, there's a period of time where they devote all of their programming to these damn Christmas movies. And she got all sad yesterday because she, she's looking at the programming guide, and in non-Christmas programming times, the Hallmark Channel there's two of them, and at nine o'clock they start sh- they stop showing Hallmark movies and start showing reruns of like Monk, Golden Girls, Golden Girls, Murder She Wrote. It's like the worst TV in the universe. <laughs> And so at 9 o'clock, and she saw for the first time 
last night that at nine o'clock all the Christmas movies were over and they were going back to regular programming, and it made my wife sad. Oh, we'll get through this. I told her, you know, you and I, we're going to get through this. Because now she's waiting. She's got to go without Christmas movies for a while. I've got to go without baseball. Do you think we're watching too much TV? You think TV has taken on too much of a prominence? Is she going to get a chip? That's she's going to get a chip for every month. She can't watch. Yes, Hallmark yeah. movies. <laughs> she's going to get a chip. There needs to be like a twelve-step program for people who go through withdrawals when the Hallmark movies stop. Man, right. Hi, I'm Syria. Thanks for letting me chair. Uh, I have been without a Hallmark movie now for six weeks. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Although I did find myself driving by uh, Christmas trees that were not on the way home. And <laughs> uh, you know, I've been doing good, you know. And then, like, I, I don't know why. I just, I, I haven't had a cup of hot chocolate in, uh, in months. And I went and I... I had some hot chocolate. I relapsed, and I drank some hot chocolate. Oh! Started thinking about Lacey Chabert, and you have to be mindful of your thoughts, as the fourth step tells us. Okay, give your lack of Christmas movies over to your higher power, and your higher power will get you through those momentary urges when you just want to see Lacey kissing a white man in a turtleneck. So anyway, she's having uh, right. some issues, some withdrawal, some withdrawal issues. I think she posted something about that on social media. Yesterday. I'm sure she did. She did. Right. She's a fanboy. Don't you understand? She goes to these internet Hallmark chat rooms where people sit around and talk about Hallmark movies. Yeah. She's a fanboy. That's how addicted she is. Now, I, I have to admit for myself, uh, and, and I guess I suffer from... Uh, Stockholm Syndrome, and at some point I just gave up my free will and just went with the Christmas movies. I, I had to force myself to learn to like them, to for my own sanity, to form emotional bonds with the characters in the movies. Right. So I, I myself felt a little weird when I saw the Golden Girls coming up at nine. Like something's missing. Something's missing in my life. Yeah. But I'm not an addict. My wife has a problem, and, and until she admits this, She's just going to keep watching Hallmark movies. She's got a bunch of them recorded. Well, that'll so help get through the she tough can just times, sit and watch them by herself, you know. So yeah. there you go. She's having right. and this, so th- let this be like a public service announcement for all those of you listening who are also dealing with that weird, empty feeling inside now that there are no more Hallmark Christmas movies. You know, I felt it's, bad. It's for only both of you. a temporary situation. You will get through this. You felt, felt bad for us? For both of you. Why is when that? When I saw the news that the Hallmark movies were over. Why is that? At first, I, I felt bad for her because now, you know, she she has to deal with you. She has to, like, actually interact <laughs> with me. And she, she, has no, she has no distractions. There's no firewall right. of, of constant Hallmark Christmas programming. She now has to deal with me in the real yeah, world as I no am. Diversion. And this could now be tough you. for her on occasion. And then I felt bad for you because of, you know... What I just said. What? I just Every said little no. thing you do. <laughs> She's going to be watching. jump on your ass about it. <laughs> yeah, she will. You know what we ended up watching, though? Because we just, there was nothing. All the Christmas movies that we were watching yesterday, we've seen like a hundred times over. So there was nothing to watch. I didn't feel like watching the news yet. Mm-hmm. So we watched this Netflix series 
on Natalia Grace, the little Ukrainian, allegedly Ukrainian girl that has dwarfism and was adopted by that couple, mm-hmm. only to discover she they thought she they were adopting a six-year-old, but she wasn't six. She was like, we sat and watched that crap for like five hours yesterday. Oh, man. We watched the entire series. The 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 strange the curious case of Natalia Grace, and let me tell you something. Everybody involved in that situation was nuts. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Natalia Grace is nuts. She's a little nuts. I'm sorry, I said that. You Just a little, a little nuts. Get yeah. it? Uh, her her adopted parents are freaking crazy. Her her stepbrother is nuts. They're all crazy people. It was like just watching and living in this extended episode of Jerry Springer. Mm-hmm. And that's what we watched for lack of Christmas programming. That's what we watched what? all day long. And we watched it in silence. We didn't comment on it. It was almost like our sadness at losing what has really been the focal point of our existence. Is, you know, Lacey Chabert Christmas movies are gone now. And so we just kind of sadly watched Natalie, Natalia Gray stuff all day. <laughs> <laughs> this is how interesting my thinking life is at this point. Man. Okay, this is what we do on a Sunday on a Monday afternoon on New Year's Day. Anyway, so I hope you all had a great a great New Year's. More stuff coming up on News Talk Five Fifty KTSa. Sean Rima, nine till eleven. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back five minutes after 10 on News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071, the first show of the new year. Happy 2024 to ye. And feel free to give us a call and let us know what you're thinking. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. You know, we really do live in the era of the cheater. You know what I mean? Like, people just be cheating all over the place to get what they want. Cheating. You know, we we talk a lot about uh, just in, in general. Doesn't it doesn't it feel like we live in an age where uh, most of the time cheating seems to pay off for folks? Doesn't seem to be much of a backlash or any kind of uh, consequences people have to suffer for cheating. The Democrats, I believe, cheated the last election. They tried to cheat the one before that. They weren't successful, but they tried to, they successfully, I believe, cheated the last election. Most people believe, I think, most people of sense who are being objective and just being observant uh, will say to you that this coming presidential election, oh, they're going to cheat the hell out of this thing. And they may, may be successful in that regard. Um, you, you look at, uh, we talk about dudes and female sports all the time, right? And how dudes who were mediocre competitors and, in, in, uh, going up against other dudes, suddenly they just start identifying as a woman and they're allowed to compete against, uh, biological women and they take all the championships and the scholarships. We say all the time, well, that, how can you... Maybe maybe my generation is the last generation. Maybe the millennials are the last generation that, that actually gave a crap about, you know, not cheating and achieving things on their own and feeling good about that stuff. But now it just seems like the ends justify the means, you know? So if I could be a superstar, 
as a hairy-legged dude identifying as a woman and compete against biological women, man. I'm going to take all the championships and the trophies. They're cheating. You look at Harvard President Claudine Gay, who is not somebody you probably enjoy looking at a whole lot. Uh, She now faces six new plagiarism charges. Uh, This being uh, reported by the Washington Free Beacon. She's the president of a Harvard University. We have six additional plagiarism charges against her. The plagiarism allegations against this individual are now damn near 50. And encompass half of her published works. Half of her published scholarly uh, academic papers, nearly half, have accusations of plagiarism attached to them. Folks, she has plagiarized to been interviewed over the past few weeks. Of course, she entered into the spotlight uh, when she essentially defended under oath while giving testimony in Congress un- under oath that uh, calling for the extermination of all Jews does not rise to the level of anti- you know discrimination that a major institution like Harvard should address. It's free speech stuff. Uh, well, be careful taking a public stand, because then people are going to start looking into your background, and that's when they start, started to discover this. She's only been, she's the first black female uh, president of Harvard, and she's only been that, I think, for about a year. And I think that's after the last president retired. And yet... Scholastically, from an academic perspective, she's a cheat. <laughs> Allegedly. Gotta throw that word in there. But I've seen the examples. I mean, you, you, you read something she has produced and published, and then you line it up next to the work she allegedly plagiarized from, and it's almost freaking word for word. And when you're talking over 50 allegations of plagiarism, So let's just say, for argument's sake, this person has risen through the levels of academia, which is not an easy thing to do for anyone, Uh, and she becomes the president of Harvard, and while she's pursuing that position, while she's pursuing her academic life, if this stuff is true, surely she knows she's cheating, but it's okay. She's not really suffering any kind of moral ripple in the pond over this sort of thing as are a lot of people these days who are found to have been cheating. And it just seems to be a cultural thing, uh, something bordering on a a notion of a, of a zeitgeist, uh, something about this moment of history, something about who we are culturally. And it seems who we are culturally right now is the only bad thing about cheating is getting caught. I'm just, and I, and I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not preaching as if I'm some stellar human being. But one thing I, you know, morally or ethically or what have you, I'm not, you know, there's stuff I've done in my life I'm not exactly proud of. But I've never been a cheater. I've never been somebody who's stolen something from somebody else, or ran with their ideas if it were my own. Or competed unfairly. Uh, first off, I'm, I'm not a competitive person, so I don't tend to compete in any regard concerning anything. I just do what I do. 
But the idea of, of, of robbing from someone else, in, either intellectual property or, uh, you know, you look at this gender stuff where you're very obviously competing against people who physically cannot compete against you. I wouldn't, and again, I'm not saying this as some stellar character, but I, just myself. You know what? My own freaking narcissism wouldn't allow me to proceed cheating in any regard, whether we're stealing somebody else's material or stealing somebody else's writing. I'm so self-obsessed, I have to be original, (laughs) if that makes sense. So folks like this Claudine Gay and, you know, a lot of the other folks that I've mentioned, uh, whether it's in women's sports or what have you, and and they very obvious. Joe Biden allegations of plagiarism have tracked that guy's entire freaking political career. It's one of the reasons some of his previous presidential bids uh, failed so miserably. He's another guy who's never had a freaking original thought in his in his entire head. Man, that guy has never had an original thought. He is he puts the capital M in mediocre. And yet he has risen to the highest office in the land being a freaking cheater, being a freaking plagiarist. And I guess for some people, the bennies just outweigh the moral issue you may have or the moral static that may show up in your brain when you realize that you're not actually doing anything you're doing because of your own efforts. It just doesn't, I guess for a lot of people, it just doesn't matter anymore. I don't know how you could go through such a lengthy academic career knowing you're cheating your ass off. But then again, someone like Claudine Gay is surrounded by people in academia who themselves don't really care. As long as they can claim, look how progressive Harvard is. We got a black chick as our president. It's progressive, man. We're evolved, man. Doesn't matter if she's a stinking cheat. Doesn't matter. Look at Pete Buttigieg. He doesn't know anything about transportation. He's the Secretary of Transportation, but he's gay. I was visiting with a friend of mine who graduated from Harvard uh, Business School, and he said, I asked about the president, and he said, "Uh, I've heard she's really thoughtful and nice, (laughs) and she's possibly in over her head, way over her head. Right. I think perhaps she is. (laughs) So even the Harvard grads are like, don't want to talk about that. Well, they're start, a lot of them are starting to turn against her, and they're saying, hey, you know. Because that, you, that's a lot to ask of a student to swallow, because a student, first off, they're paying out the yin-yang to be there, or whoever is paying out the yin-yang for them to be there, right? And if, if I mean, they're going, you figure academia is going, through, academia is going through a really weird time right now, because they're trying to figure out AI and cheating. Because you've got a lot of people who are just having AI write their stuff for them. But if you're a student at Harvard and they get a whiff that you've been plagiarizing or or copying material from somebody else, you're gone, man. You are gone. And so a lot of those students are starting to say, hey, wait wait, wait a minute now. Over 50 allegations of plagiarism? Well, it's probably just racism, though. I'm probably just a racist and I hate black chicks, and that's really what's at play here. 210-599-5555. Do we live in an era of cheaters? What do you think? 210-599-5555. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi.
How are you? Happy New Year's. Here's Esteban. Esteban, how you doing? All right, you're talking about the Harvard president. Well, one of the ladies she plagiarized is also an African-American. Yeah, all right, yeah. And this is the same institution that allowed whiter-than-vanilla-ice Senator Warren to claim <laughs> phony status. Oh, that's right, yeah. And so, you know, uh, there was an interesting article. It's about making white liberals feel good about themselves. And what's scary is I read a book over the holidays written by Trinity U Press, and apparently the guy taught some courses for Trinity U online. And the book is, was about the flooding of, 21, of 1921 and the aftermath. And the guy's got some holes in research that you could fly a 747 through. <laughs> and, I, and because at one time, Trinity U was called the Harvard of the Southwest. And at this point, that may be an insult. <laughs> a lot of, look, a lot more and more Harvard students are sounding the alarm on this, though. More and more Harvard students are coming out saying, wait a minute. <laughs> well, if I had one allegation of cheating, I'd more than likely be kicked out of the school. By their own standards, and she has over fifty allegations, and yet she's the president. So, I don't, you know, again, I appreciate the. What's that? Maybe there's some smart Harvard students after all. <laughs> Maybe missed them on. Thanks for the call, man. I, you know, we again. This is something we were talking about earlier, and let me just expand the conversation here for a second. Um, as you look at the Harvard thing, and yeah, more and more students uh, are waking up to the hypocrisy. Uh, they have to live under certain standards for plagiarism and scholastic excellence, uh, and and scholastic ethics, if you will. But what the president of the campus, the president of the institution, she doesn't. And this is what we were talking about earlier: you know, the idea of people waking up. You know, here we're talking about Harvard University and, and the hypocrisy of, of uh, plagiarism uh, in regards to how students suffer uh, or, or are, you know, suffer some consequences as a result of that behavior as opposed to the leadership. I wonder if that kind of that wokeness, this new kind of wokeness, which is waking up to the reality that, yeah, your entire government right now is pretty much weaponized against you. Whether you're talking about the border, I mean, 300,000 people in December alone, is that what I'm hearing? 300,000. Uh, and the, it's, it, it, the reason you have an open border is because of your government. Um, I, I think people are, uh, I think maybe they've overplayed their hand and how badly and fervently they're going after Donald Trump. A lot of people are looking at these uh, these cases that he's facing Especially now with the state's Supreme Court uh, and attorneys general that are yanking them off the ballot. And people are waking up to the idea that, well, wait, hey, whoa, he's, he's an American citizen. He can run for president if he wants. He's not. Meanwhile, they're seeing the president and his son, uh, the wagons uh, of the swamp, have circled around those guys. They, people are watching. If you're reasonably objective, just barely objective, you know that this is a corrupt president and this stuff with his son was corrupt as hell and possibly traitorous or treasonous. 
Nothing's going to happen. I, I just wonder if in their lust for power and their lust to maintain power, if they haven't overplayed their hand a bit with some folks and, and more and more people are starting to wake up to this stuff, I don't know. Uh, I hope so, because uh, some of the other things we're hearing as far as predictors for 2024, I was reading a, an article, uh, I think on Breitbart, uh, they interviewed an economist who's looking at 2024, saying, hey, this bubble's going to burst. We've been printing up fake money for years now, since COVID, just shoving money that doesn't really exist into the economy. And it's it's gonna it, there's gonna be a crash and it's gonna be the worst in the in our memory you and I as far as our generation. Um, we are allowing hundreds of thousands, millions of people to just traipse across the border and uh, and set up camp here. Uh, if you're cartel guys, you can set up shop. Most places where you're living in America right now, if you're living in some kind of major metropolitan area like San Antonio, you're seeing it. You're seeing the uptick in crime. You're you're, you're seeing folks everywhere. You're seeing garbage and crime everywhere. Uh, the gender thing is is just so beyond reason and objectivity and intelligence. I think more people are waking up to that crap. And so I wonder if the extremities or, or the extreme nature of this this thing, this entire agenda that's at play right now in the country, I, I wonder if more and more people aren't waking up to it, saying, "Hey, this is we're in a we're on a bad track here." I don't know. I hope so, uh, because if things don't go in the direction of a change in leadership in our government over the next year with this election coming up. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this country survives. I really don't. Uh, and I know we say this every day. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot, but th- there's no other message to put out there. We're really at a a, a fork in the road here, as far as what this country is either going to continue to be or what it's going to become. And if you're stacking up a lot of the stuff that I just did, whether it's illegal immigration, it's the uh, the campaign, the unrelenting campaign against Donald Trump to keep him out of the Oval Office. Uh, the economy in the crapper while the folks in the government are looking at you and smiling and trying to make you think, oh, no, it's great. It's doing, the economy's doing great. I, I, you know, I, I think more people are waking up to that. At least I hope so. Because beyond that, beyond some sort of awakening in this country uh, to just how badly this country is being mistreated by its own government and usurped and undone, if there's not some large awakening in this thing, I, I don't know. I don't know what the future of this country holds. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Not try not to bum you out. First day back to work, but I, I can only deal with what I have and what's in the news. Unfortunately, two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. We'll take a break at Sean on News Talk five fifty uh, KTSa. Hi, we're back. I don't know why this song makes me want to talk like this. 
It's the Sean Show. Blue Shot. Taking your call. 210-599-5555. What a creepy video this is, too, man. <laughs> Fiona Apple looking like she's all, all of nine years of age in a trailer park. Um, Mike, how are you? Yeah, Sean. Hey. Um, I just... Uh, I just wanted to say uh, a couple things. One, the last time that the Democrats conspired to keep a Republican off the ballot was 1860, and it didn't work out too well for them. (laughs) You're right. Good good, fair boy with Lincoln. You're right. Absolutely right. Uh, Uh, And the other one is, if your wife really misses the Hallmark movies, take her to the San Antonio Library, get a library card, and she can watch all the ones she wants to. What? At the the library? Yeah. Yeah. People sit and watch Hallmark movies at the library? You can check out the DVD and take them home. Oh, oh man. All right, man. Thanks for the call, brother. I was actually thinking about, because I'm, I'm reading again. I, I went for like a year or so. I didn't really read a whole lot. Uh, and I'm kind of getting back into rediscovering my love of reading. And so I contemplated going back to the library i have a, i have a library in my neighborhood i have a, i drive by it every day right down near body h-e-b in the memory place off of bandera road but like i had a library card there like nine years ago and i took out a book and never took it back. i owed like 20 bucks it's the only thing preventing me from getting my library card to get but see i, I the older i get the more i don't want to give back the books that i read you know what i mean so Maybe the library isn't the place for me because I, I, I take the books out and I don't want to take them back. That's who I am. I'm a, I'm a bad citizen. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Another story that we're seeing, the atheist revolution. Atheist revolution is calling for atheists to vote like their lives depend on it in the next presidential election. Because Christians like me, we want to exterminate atheists. We just want to kill them all. Quote, we should vote like our lives depend on it because they do. According to Atheist Revolution. They say Christian extremists want the death penalty for non-Christians. We should want all the atheists to die. Atheist Revolution website. This isn't a secret. We ignore the threat at our own peril. If we need a reason to go to the polls, this could be it. Because Christians want all atheists to die. We want to kill them all, put them in camps. This, quote, this isn't about upholding abstract principles or doing the right thing. It is about our survival. If we want to have a future, we need to expand our efforts to oppose Christian extremism. Where is this Christian extremism going on? It's kind of like white supremacy. If you're listening to people like Atheist Revolution or, hell, MSNBC or CNN... You're going to believe two things. First off, you're going to believe that the white supremacists are just rolling across the terra. We're just, man, we're just killing people. White supremacists are just killing people left and right, man. MAGA extremists are white supremacists. And they're on the move. And they they pose the greatest threat next to climate change to our national security. Where's it going on? Where is this wave of white supremacy happening? 
It's kind of like the Christian extremism thing. See, they base a lot of this on Roe v. Wade and the Supreme Court decision from a, from a year ago. They base a lot of this on Christian theology when people say there's only two genders, you know. Not biology, but, you know, it's some kind of Christian fantasy that there aren't multiple genders. And so Christians very obviously want all trannies to die, too. Where's this wave of Christian extremism going on, though? Where's it happening? According to the atheists, man, this this is it. (laughs) They either win this next election or we're just going to start, you know, shuffling atheists off to camps. Where's it going on? Where's it happening? I'm a Christian. I don't give a crap if you're an atheist. <laughs> Go be an atheist. Be happy being an atheist. But the, it's the atheists who don't want to accidentally cast their eyes on a Christmas tree in December. You know, oh, that's a violation of something. Oh, I've suffered an injury somehow. The atheists who claim they don't believe in God. First off... You don't get to be a special community with anti-discrimination laws uh, protecting you when you're not really. You, it's you're not really a community of people because you don't believe something. <laughs> because the one thing I see about freaking atheists, they're obsessed with Jesus. They're obsessed with God. They're obsessed with Christians. They really, truly are. And yet, I'm a Christian. And I don't give two craps about it. I don't think about atheists. I don't have any desire to convert them to anything. But somehow I'm this mega extremist that, you know, I want atheists in camps. I want gay people in camps, right? I'm, I'm transphobic because I dare to believe there's only two biological genders. In other words, the left, if, if you really, and a lot of people do, I guess, are stupid people. If, if morons believe, if, unless you're a moron and you're listening to what they claim is really going on in America, what they claim is that this country is just swamped. It's just swamped with, with uh, Christian and, uh, I guess you'd say, nationalistic uh, extremism, white supremacy. And it's so bad that the atheists have to get out there and vote or the Christians are going to kill them all. These are the people who like to point to Christians and say somehow, or, or conservatives in general, and say, you guys are fear-mongers. We are, we're the fear-mongers. Fear the American atheists believe they're going to be could be executed by Christians if Donald Trump gets in the Oval Office. But somehow, I'm a fear-monger. <laughs> this is what we ask, quote, this is what uh, Christian extremists have in store for us. They don't want us to live in their world, the atheist revolution warns. Again, this isn't about upholding abstract principles or doing the right thing. This is to the atheists of America. It's about our survival. If we want to have a future, we need to expand our efforts to oppose Christian extremism. Again, if you're listening and you're a liberal idiot... Where is this Christian extremism going on? Where, where, where is this great wall of Christian hate? Where is this great wall, this great horde of white supremacists that are just kicking open your doors? Where is this stuff going on? Surely you know. 
surely you know where this threat is. President talks about it quite a bit. Mega extremists. But I don't know where it's actually happening on planet Earth. Because the only see the only people I see beating up other people are either race extremists on the left, Black Lives Matter folks, or they're trannies beating up women. I, I don't know where this great horde of violence from the Christian uh right. I don't know where it's going on. Two ones that maybe you could educate me. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSA. Why, hello there. News Talk five fifty KTSA FM one oh seven one. I'm Sean. How's your day going? Let's go to the phones. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Here's Jimmy. Jimmy, how are you? Morning, Sean. How are you? Pretty good, man. What are you thinking? I'm thinking they're on to us. You know, I mean, when I got baptized, they had this secret thing where that we basically were supposed to kill atheists and gays, and I think it's out. You know? I'm not sure what you're saying. What do you mean? What's that? I'm just say, I'm just saying they're on to us. The secret's out. The secret's out. Yeah. That, that we want to kill gay people? Sarcasm. Oh, he's yeah, being sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> You're being sarcastic. Yes, I am. But where's... But, no, you know, honestly, it's like... The, 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 what, but you know what I can say? Like, the, like the, the, these people will riff on this just white... This threat of unrelenting white supremacy. From the president, it's about every Democrat of of merit or, or of note. That's they can't shut up about the threat of white supremacy, yet they never tell us where that's going on. Where is it happening? I know I'm too busy to kill, you know, atheists. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a job. I have to work. You know? I got to go to work, man. I got no time to be killing no atheists. Stuff, you know? <laughs> I've right. got a lot of friends that are atheists, and you know what? It, it's like. I don't know where where these people are getting their information, but most of the people that I know that are atheists or agnostic, they don't see me as a threat at all. You know? <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. I don't see them as a, as a threat, Jimmy. I appreciate the call. I mean, I don't. It's you know what it is, and I I'm not saying that there aren't Christians or people of faith who are like this. Uh, I know most people I know who are Christians or whatever people of faith, whether they're Catholics or what have you. Don't really spend a lot of time thinking about atheists. Like in my life, I don't. What we're talking about is uh, something called atheist revolution. It's a news story. They're, they're encouraging atheists everywhere in America to get out there and vote this year, vote against Christian extremism. Because if you don't, the Christians are just going to start killing us. We are voting for our very freaking survival here. Because the Christians are coming for us. And again, I don't exactly know where that's going on. Um, I, again, I myself, and I consider myself a person of faith. I'm a practicing Christian. I haven't got it, gotten it right yet, but I keep working at it. Keep trying. The last people in the world that I sit and think about are freaking atheists. 
first off, again, you're not really a group of because they they, they American atheists and, and atheist revolution. They like to put out the idea that atheists are somehow some some put upon oppressed community of people, which is simply not true. You're not a member of a community just because you don't believe something. That doesn't make any freaking sense whatsoever. I don't believe in freaking unicorns. Does that mean that I and other non-unicorn believing people should get together and start screaming about our rights? Atheists, I don't I don't think about it. Atheists think about me much more than I think about atheists. Because I for me the whole faith thing is a very personal thing anyway. For me, it's all I can do to figure out what I'm screwing up. I, I, I don't have any time to figure out what other Christians are doing wrong or if their interpretation of the Bible is wrong or if their denomination is wrong. I don't give a crap. I worry about me and I worry about the guy looking back at me in the mirror. If you're an atheist, I really don't think about you. I just don't. But again, if you're, if you're, you know, the, the, the politics of the left right now, and you could scoop up the atheists and the tranny weirdos and all these folks, uh, into that bin there. Okay. The, the, the issue with the left in this country is that they want, it, it, they want people to see themselves overall as victims of some sort of systemic something that they can't get out from under unless they vote Democrat. Because that's, Ameri- that's what the atheist revolution is basically saying. Vote Democrat. They're the only ones that care about the atheists. And yet what you're seeing is you're seeing a lot of these communities of folks. I was just looking at a story on, uh, on TV just a minute ago. A lot of these groups that the democrats have counted on and have taken for granted taken for granted for a lot of years for several generations now are starting to realize their lives suck and the democrats aren't doing anything for them in fact the democrats seem to be using them and expecting their vote and a lot of folks are from those communities are waking up whether you're talking about the african-american community hispanics women gay people You know, uh, so so you know they got they're scrapping or, or slumming it for whatever support base they can manage to cobble together, and now I guess they're going after the atheists because guys like me want to kill atheists. It gets so tiresome after a while. So a couple of minutes left. If you have any thoughts on that, two one zero five nine nine fifty five. In fact, I don't really know. I can honestly say I, I rarely run into any Christian or person of faith that, that says anything about atheists. I think pushing for Satan clubs at school is a bit much. <laughs> I think he's trying to establish, you know, the little kid's Satanist club to prove your stinking point about separation of church and state or what have you is a little silly. I think it's kind of silly to, to you know, expect kids to go out and have a great time after school at the happy Satanist club. It gets a little ridiculous at that, at that point. But again, Satanists themselves are not a group of people. They're not a community, so to speak. Just because they don't believe in something again. So uh, these are very strange times in which we live. Uh, as we wrap up the first gig of 2024, 
and I'm probably not telling you anything you haven't already thought of uh, before. It's going to be a dicey year, man. I don't know about you, but I, the whole Christmas holiday thing and, and New Year's, it was kind of muted for me this year, personally. Because there are a lot of problems going on in the country right now. And they don't go away because of the holidays. And we're right back to where we were before the holidays came along. And yeah, the next 11 months are going to be extremely decisive as far as what this country is going to be. And uh, I, I, looking at what's going on with Donald Trump and looking at a lot of the other stuff that's going on politically, I think they're capable of anything. I think the bad guys in our country right now who want our country to stop being the kind of country it's always been and replace it with something other, I think they're capable of anything and everything to achieve those ends. So I think the next year is going to be crazy, man. It's really the only lingering thought I have had through New Year's is, oh, my God, buckle your freaking seatbelts, man. So we'll see how the uh, first few weeks of 2024 play out. Uh, we have more states, I guess, who are claiming they're going to yank Donald Trump off the ballot uh, in their states. And I think uh, if if they are successful... And this is what I'll leave you with. If they're successful, the bad guys, the swamp, whatever you want to call them, the deep state, if they're successful at keeping Donald Trump out of the Oval Office, despite numerically what we're seeing right now as far as his popularity and his support, and there's going to be some real bad times in this country. So, yeah, buckle your seatbelt, say a little prayer, because 2024 is upon us. Thank you, James. James Trevino, our intrepid producer, our executive producer, Elaine Rodriguez, uh, Trey Ware, my good brother, Don Morgan. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.